Why is there a reason you're getting the oomph? No, I'm she's just playing with it. Yeah, okay. she's not recording tonight. So. I'm not recording tonight. That's why I was asking. But uh oh, oh, dead batteries. Oh, shucks, <laughs> shit, darn. <laughs> <laughs> you edit yourself from shucks to shit. <laughs> oh, shucks. I mean, shit. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Do you want to say a couple more words to sound more genuine? <laughs> oh, golly gee. Oh, gosh. Welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. Hello, ladies. Hello, my darling. Rebecca, you look confused. I just had a moment. I'm like, wait, is my mic on? No, but it's fine. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to check that too for some reason. Like, y'all are really loud, and then I just remembered y'all are... I was about to say. (laughs) Hi. How long have you been hanging out with us? My name is Tiffany. It's very nice to meet you. (laughs) I'm loud. Hi, I'm obnoxious. What's your name? Pretty much. Pretty much. My mommy says I'm obnoxious. (laughs) Uh, Nope. um, You could quit that at any point in time. We were going to talk about something. Patreon. Patreon. Thanks, Rebecca, <laughs> for keeping us in line. So this episode releases July 4th, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look Happy at us. Independence Day to our fellow Americans. Go blow some shit up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's here, quintessential here. patriotic Americanism. And pour one out for your homies. Yep. And by one out for your homies, I mean, let your homie lay on the floor. And, and then don't let your mouth. boyfriend set your sister on fire accidentally. It's fine. Um, hmm. All right. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you have old fireworks and new tubes for the fireworks, maybe don't combine them. And maybe you won't accidentally set the grass, the trash can, and then my sister on fire. Okay. Okay. That Duly is your noted. PSA for this wonderful patriotic holiday have a bucket of water on hand guys so patreon yes (laughs) so we are amping up our patreon for our lovely patronuses and um we're flick sorry continue it's okay i took me a second to figure out what you i thought you were saying question for a second and then i realized what you were going with Uh, anyway so for five dollars a month five dollars and up you are going to have access to what i've dubbed the month of strange Ooh, ah that's why that text yeah. confused me because you didn't tell us about that <laughs> i like that i picked up on that which see she picked up what i was laying down the strange monthly newsletter in audio <laughs> format <laughs> we'll work on it working title it's fine basically each month starting in Jul- uh, august, august the first sunday of every month we're going to release an episode of regaling our adventures into something strange so each month we're going to pick something to focus on like pendulums or tarot cards or meditation or mental health exercise anything that is weird to us not weird (laughs) i love how you throw exercise into the weird what was that my phone carry on (laughs) moving on (laughs) is anything new yes yeah to us and we're just going to document how it goes for us for a month and tell you guys all about it yeah. And what we learned and what we found and what we're going to carry on with moving forward from that month. Mm-hmm. So 
check us out on our patreon patreon.com slash patreon.com forward slash the ladies of strange the ladies of strange we've got a couple different levels a couple different benefits and we're trying to release all sorts of fun stuff there so check it out it will be super cool the bees knees yep the tits it'll well, be the tits. tits the tits just tits in general yeah the official tits tits are cool <laughs> tits so are is great. our patreon <laughs> our patreon's titillating oh <laughs> yes anyway so on that note if you just can't get enough of our woody banter and jib jab that you get a little taste of at the beginning of every episode patreon's the perfect place for you Cheers. yeah now that we're off the patreon bandwagon are you gonna tell me something cool I am. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know if it'll be cool. Now, are you about to depress us? It. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. there. <laughs> that is very non-committal. There's a noises. lot. There's a lot that goes with this story. Uh-oh. It's a very interesting story, but there's some things that happen in it that just make you go. I can't wait. Let's do this. So, Mary Anning. <gasps> this might be my first subject where neither of you knew what I was talking. Rebecca and her crickets. <laughs> she was born May twenty first in se- in seventeen ninety nine. Accurate. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. She was born May twenty first, seventeen ninety nine, in Lyme Regis, a small seaside town of England. Oh, she was the fifth of ten children to Richard and Molly Anning. Yet she was the youngest of the two children. That was survived past the age of five. In fact, Mary was actually named after her older sister, Aww. who had passed six months before she was born, Aww. trying to stoke a fire. Sounds like how you would go. <laughs> <laughs> Spontaneous combustion. I'm so cold. <laughs> so while the Industrial Revolution was helping larger port towns and northern cities thrive, the Anning family was struggling to make ends meet among the other families in Lyme Regis. Because it was a smaller town, it was not the cleanest of locations. And due to the uh, grime, mm-hmm. to put it nicely, of the main city area, they took a home that was closer to the ocean. So it was Smart. on a lower level of the town and closer to the ocean, which sounds great in theory. But the lower elevation caused the area to have frequent flooding. Oh, So much so, there are records of them having to climb out of the second story window to oh. keep from drowning. Well, oh, shoot. boy. Luckily for them, at the time, a doctor in London named Richard Russell was blowing up with his research that seawater was a cure-all. Ah, because why not? Because why not? It's the 1800s. I've heard cure-alls are wonderful and totally effective. What did you say? Cure-alls cure Cure nothing? nothing. Yeah. Sawbones, thank you. So people would use it externally and internally to cure different things like impotence, depression, Uh, mm -mm. infertility. Uh, I mean, I'm all about some beach therapy. Oh, don't get me wrong. But Um, I don't know about the actual salt water. But luckily for them, the higher class began flocking to the English seaside and their small town of Lyme Regis became quite the tourist destination. Cool, cool. So the locals decided they would take advantage of the new tourist trade and a natural resource that was foreign to the visitors, but free for the taking. It involved a process called fossicking. Or fossiling. Oh. 
which means digging. Ooh. Okay. There were tons of strange rock formations in the Cliffs of Lyme Regis that the locals didn't think much of as they were surrounded by them on a daily basis, but visitors to the area saw them as souvenirs. Okay. So things that the locals would just kind of pass over the visitors thought were amazing and interesting because they lived in the middle of the country that they didn't find seashells and other little trinkets. Okay. Um, The Anning family began to gather and sell these formations to help supplement the money coming in from Richard's cabinet shop. Uh, Richard, being the salesman that he is, taught Mary and her older brother Joseph the art of selling. He prided in taking time to clean up the pieces you find, have a story on where and how you obtained it, and even using his carpentry skills, make displays for the family's finds. Look at him. Hmm. Some of the items that they sold were thunderstones, the devil's toenails, snake stones. The 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 devil's devil's toenails? (laughs) Oysters or the devil's toenails. That's disgusting. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Snake stones were ammonites, which I know you guys have all seen them. They're like um, the coiled shell of... Mm -hmm. Some type of fish, but when you cut it in half, it looks like a snake is like intertwined. Yeah, yes. Um, Like the shell that you see with like the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, (laughs) totally. That's exactly what I was thinking, Rebecca. I'm so glad you brought that up. Just me? (laughs) Okay. So they called these items fossils, but at the time, that just meant things had been dug up from the earth. It sounds like me at the age of eight. Look, mom, I found the fossil. That's nice, honey. (laughs) Go Go put the clump of dirt away. Go go back (laughs) into the schoolroom. Um, the family would spend all of their free time climbing the cliffs of Lyme Regis and searching for more specimens. As soon as a horrific storm, which was known to hit the area, frequently cleared out, they would be the first on the scene to collect new specimens that were unearthed. When Mary was eight, Richard, her father, left for a nearby village to capitalize on a coach stop and sell some of their items. But he fell off of a cliff and was buried <gasps> under the resulting avalanche. Oh, no, Mary. Being the boss as, I was going to say, bitch, bastard. The uh-huh. king that he was, he dug himself out, <gasps> walked home. N- Dude. NBD. Can he, <laughs> like, he is, he's a Glen Coco. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you gave it to him now because the resulting injuries made him unable to continue the rigorous climbs. And he passed away three years later from tuberculosis and the resulting injuries. Oh, poor man. To be fair, who at that time didn't die of tuberculosis? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But they think that his injuries played a role in it, too, because he wasn't able to keep the active lifestyle. Probably. That was when Mary was 11 years old. At the time, the town was slipping into the worst depression it had seen, and Molly was pregnant with her 10th child. Jeez. Unfortunately, the baby did not make it, and after losing Richard and shortly after the new baby, Molly slipped into a dark depression. 15-year-old Joseph was able to obtain an apprenticeship with a local pollster, but being an 11-year-old female, there were no jobs available for Mary. So she took whatever odd jobs she could find, cleaning, helping out her neighbors, etc. The family was able to get on parish relief, which it said provided food, but you look at the parish relief back then, it's like if they have vegetables and like a bag of oats. But of course, rent, everything else was still had to be purchased. So one night there was a big storm and after it cleared, Mary was drawn to go out to the cliffs like they used to do with her father. After the search, Mary was laying everything out and deciding what would be worth taking back home. And a woman approached her and offered to buy a particularly large ammonite that Mary had unearthed. The woman offered her enough money to keep her family fed and safe for a week. 
Oh, wow. Mm. Mary soon realized that she was much happier being outside working for herself and that she could make good money doing so. So this re-sparked the family's interest in fossicking and displaying the pieces that they found. One day, Joseph was out about a mile from the house and saw strange shapes in the rocks. He noticed teeth sticking out and began to dig it out. He soon realized it was too big for him to remove by himself and he ran home to get a few people to help him. What they were able to remove ended up being a four foot long skull. (gasps) They brought it home, started clearing it out. And while they were cleaning it, Joseph had the realization that if there was a skull, there was the rest of the body. There was probably a body. That is usually how that works. (laughs) Um, As Joseph had been just fossicking in his spare time, his job with the upholsterer was keeping him really busy. So he sent Mary back out to go see if she could find the rest of the skull the skeleton her search continued for almost a year oh wow until finally another storm rolled through and helped clear some of the rock she slowly unearthed the entire body word spread about this find, and people began to help mary move the larger pieces and also just kind of gather to see what she would find um she kind of became a little bit of a local celebrity and everyone was talking about mary anning skellington skellington (laughs) (laughs) i have nightmare before christmas on the brain apparently (laughs) sorry Um, of Mary Anning's skeleton. So once they finally gathered all the pieces they could find, it was over 17 feet long and very strange looking. There were parts that looked like they belonged to mammals, fish, dolphins, (laughs) etc. A customer of theirs who purchased their quote unquote regular merchandise, so the smaller fossils and shells that they found, he was an owner of the cliffs that the skeleton was found in. His name was Henry Henley. What a name. Right? <laughs> I can't remember what his middle name is, but that was an H, too. Oh. <laughs> um, he came to the Annings and offered them 23 pounds, which was six months worth of income. Holy shnikes. For the skeleton. What did you <gasps> about? His middle name started with an H, too, so it's like H. H. Holmes. H. H. Henley? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a second cousin. It's fine. Okay. He then donated the skeleton to William Bullock's Museum of Natural Curiosities in London. The skeleton became a main display at the museum among the stuffed elephants, strange plants, and artifacts from visitors across the sea. Thousands of people flocked to the museum to see what they called a crocodile and skeletal form. What was this? We'll find out. Okay. Patience, young one. Mary had no idea that her skeleton was setting off alarms. Stop playing footsie with me. I'm sorry. I'm trying to stretch out my feet, but yours are there, and I'm turn sorry. Turn that way and stretch. You guys are so... I will separate you two and turn this car around, and you will not know what happens to Mary. I don't care about Mary and at this point. I want to know about the skeleton. There's lots of things about Mary, okay? Okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mary. Sorry, um, Mom. She had no idea that her skeleton was setting off alarms both scientifically and religiously. Oh, What? No one knew how to categorize the skeleton. Was it a mammal? Was it a lizard? Was it a fish? So the curator of the museum decided to name it an ichthyosaurus, which means fish lizard. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Keep Um, it simple. Up to this point, fossils were believed to be creatures that still existed and had possibly moved to another location. The only history book at this time was... The Gutenberg. The Bible. What? The Gutenberg. (laughs) The Gutenberg? Yeah. The Gutenberg Bible? Are you are you you guys don't know what that is? That was like no. talking about the Bible is made with like the print, printing press? Yeah. The first Bible is made with a printing press? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> Ashley is just I like was very confused. Just needed Bible, okay? Too much information. And neither of you said what is, so neither of you got the point. 
<laughs> I didn't realize this was Jeopardy. Sorry, it's always Jeopardy. Mrs. Trebek. Oh, a girl can dream. <laughs> According to the Bible, the world was only created about 600 years before. The world was not old enough to have skeletons from creatures that dated back as far as scientists were claiming the ichthyosaurus went back. I have a theory on that. That's... Uh. <laughs> do you know? I do. <laughs> For reference, that wasn't remarking at Tiffany. That was remarking at how small the timeline they gave the Earth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's fine. We know better now, at least. The new science do of we? geology... <laughs> we. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can promise you at least three people <laughs> know better or at least pretend to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the latest of strange where we pretend we know better. So to one of our listeners that recently reached out and asked why we didn't talk about religion. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Inappropriate so, jokes. Okay. Uh, Awkward laughter. <laughs> so ichthyosaurus. Yeah. The new science of geology was already causing a stir in the world. And now the specimen was causing people to think the world may be much older than what we have been taught. And religious leaders were losing their minds. What will they think next? That the earth orbits around the sun? It can't. It's flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone was trying to wrap their heads around what had been found. And people believed the creatures must still be alive today and living in open, undiscovered waters. <gasps> well, actually, that's that was, could be true, and that's terrifying. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson is even recorded telling Lois and Clark to keep an eye out for those mastodons during their travels. Yes. Ooh. Whether he was serious or a giant troll, I support that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although the skeleton was causing national, possibly even worldwide controversy, the part of the skeleton that was always left out was Penis? Mary's. Oh. She was given no credit for the discovery and the work oh. done to locate and retrieve the skeleton. Oh, poor Mary. Which at the time didn't bother Mary. She was full and financially stable for the first time in her life. We got you, Mary. And the massive discovery fueled her love of fossiling, and she kept going out searching for her next big find. Get it, girl. But she wasn't alone this time. She was joined by 16-year-old Henry de la Beach, a rich troublemaker who had a knack for science, and Elizabeth Philput, who is a middle-class 32-year-old collector. They were able to share their education and resources with Mary while Mary shared her knowledge of the cliffs. Inclu they shared books like a geology book that she received from a local a local wealthy lady. God. You can say ichthyosaurus. I can't say local wealthy lady. I know my dinosaurs, okay? Red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> she received many books, including a geology book she got from a local wealthy lady and geological articles from locals, which she would copy into the notebooks that she began keeping on her finds. She wanted to learn about anatomy, so she began to gather creatures at the beach and would bring them home and dissect them on the kitchen table. That a girl. No. I mean, you got to learn somehow when they're not going to give you an education. Uh, I mean, no. how do you think we learned anything about nature? Uh, divine intuition. <laughs> <laughs> Osmosis. <laughs> you just you just hold the fish up to your head and you're yes. like, ah, this is a trout. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I've been doing it. Maybe I've been doing it wrong. And he but. has belly bones. <laughs> <laughs> Mary was known to argue frequently with a man who had come down to the coast at least once a month to hunt fossils. The man, Mr. Buckland, would go on to become the first professor of geology at Oxford. 
In another circumstance, these two would have never met, but luckily they were able to work together and learn from each other over the skill of hunting fossils. While Mary was at home trying to make a living off of her finds, her friend Henry de la Beach was able to use his wealth and travel the world hunting fossils and meeting other people who shared the same interest. Because of his status, he was invited to join the Geological Society of London, which didn't admit women, where he got to present a paper about the ichthyosaurus, in which Mary is given no credit. Screw that. There is so much work that still refers back to this paper. In fact, Henry de la Beach and his friends with, quote, specimens from Lyme Regis are considered the authorities on the ichthyosaur. Ooh, I want to punch some people. Mm. (laughs) Patriarchy. (laughs) Isn't it grand? Um, Mary's first specimen is known as the prototype for all ichthyosaurus. She had found many other specimens, but they were all slightly different. So De La Beach took it upon himself to write and present a paper on the differences. In which he gave all the credit to Mary. No. Damn. In 1820, when Mary was 21, she was having trouble finding any specimens to sell, and her family had to add used furniture to their repertoire. A regular customer, Thomas Birch, found out about the family's struggles and was horrified for what it was taking for them to keep food on their table and roof over their heads. So he decided he was going to auction off the fossils that he had purchased from them on their behalf. He wrote to the paleontologist Gideon Mantell to say that the cell was, quote, for the benefit of the poor woman and her son and daughter at Lyme, who have in truth found almost all of the fine things which have been submitted to scientific investigation. I may never again possess what I'm about to part with, yet in doing so, I shall have the satisfaction of knowing that the money is being well applied. Oh, he gets a Glen Coco <laughs> Award. I was about to ask, does he get a Glen Coco yes. Award? He gave all of the money raised, which was almost 400 pounds or $50,000 today, to the Anning family because he wanted to help support her research. Oh my God, I want to hug him. So on a happy note, do we want to take a quick drink break? Yes. And we will come back and learn a little bit more about Mary Anning. Absolutely. Shall um, I mix something up for us? If you could, please. Hey, how about you dig something up for us? <laughs> <sighs> Fossil jokes. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Sarah. And I'm Stephanie. And we're the hosts of Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories, with a Z, is a weekly podcast where we tell you stories of ghosts, hauntings, mysteries, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, the generally eerie, spooky, and all around weird. If you like scary stories, witty banter, and classy broads, we're your ghouls. Gals. Gals. Some of our stories include Eastern State Penitentiary. No. And where is it? Does it sum up 12? The Gettysburg Dime Museum. They were like, show starts at five, Mr. President. He was like, thank you, five. <laughs> no, 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 seven. He was like, thank you, five. <laughs> fort Mifflin. So the Americans burned down their own fort. They were like, oh, you, you, you want this? You want this? Come Come and get welcome it. to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> and more. New episodes are posted Thursdays at midnight on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Listen and subscribe, rate and review today. All right, so we're back. We're back. back. 
We are refilled, refueled, and ready to learn <laughs> about. <laughs> We're fossil fueled. <laughs> <laughs> See, the best part about my puns now is Tiffany's Giggles. giggle. I'm sorry, they're funny. As we listen to Ashley roll her eyes. It's fine. Everything's fine. Was that joke icky? Theosaurus? Mm-hmm. Is that what you were going for? Yep. That was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, because of the auction that our lovely friend Thomas Birch put on, people in the field began to learn the name of Mary Anning. Yeah. Yay! And did they tell all the other people who took her credit to F off? Oh, no, no, no. Damn it. They were men. No. How Fair. dare they? Mm. How dare you and think such a thing? Shame. For shame. She's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> One quote says, Mary Anning was starting to mean something. This persevering female has for years gone daily in search of fossil remains of importance at every tide for many miles into the hanging cliffs at Lyme. To her exertions, we owe nearly all of the fine specimens of the ichthyosaur of great collections of the world. Of course, with praise also comes insult. And rumors begin to fly that the only reason that Birch gave her credit was because they were having an affair. Oh, First because all, a woman can't be involved without her sleeping with someone. No. And he was 52. Maybe she just likes dinosaurs. Back off. She was 21. Okay, back then, though? Not totally egregious, but, but still. Ew. First of all, F them. And second of all, I hope they don't enjoy it. Being effed? Yes. <laughs> Depends on your tool of choice. Oh. <laughs> well. On December 10th, 1823, Mary was 23 years old and found another large, complete animal skeleton. It was nine feet long, six feet wide, with a head that was only five inches long. Oh. It was described as resembling a giant turtle with a very long neck and a fat body and a tiny head. No legs, just fragile paddles. Ooh. She sold the skelling skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> All right, honey. She sold the skeleton to the Duke of Buckingham. I've heard different accounts. So for anywhere from 110 to 200 pounds. Okay. No, not bad. That was the most she had ever been paid for a single fossil. Due to the strange composition of the skeleton, though, people were hesitant to accept its credibility. The thing had 35 vertebrae in its neck. Jesus. Not even giraffes have that many. Do you know that giraffes only have seven? Yeah, the same like as the us. human. Yeah. Birds have 25. Huh? Birds have 25? Yeah. That's what makes them so... What is that? That explains... <laughs> <laughs> like how an owl can turn their head all the way around. Makes them it's so... not flexible, but... Mobile? I don't know. But that M- makes them do that weird stuff. Yeah. Say no <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> like you my know, child like owls can turn their heads all the way around i'm trying to think of the word see y'all don't get to see this listeners but we got to see t- ashley just like <laughs> shake her head back and forth for a solid 30 seconds i can't think of the freaking word oh it'll come to me mary's drawings of the creature made their way to the men's only geological society and they were the subject of controversy again it was highly debated if the skeleton was even real Over time, the skeleton was accepted when yet another fine gentleman with no mention of Mary presented a paper on the definitive plesiosaurus or plesiosaur, depending on where you're from. I have anger right now. When the Geological Society was forced to mention Mary Anning in any way, she was referred to as the proprietor. (laughs) 
Sorry. During this time, Mary wrote to one of her friends stating, the world has used me so unkindly that I fear it has made me suspicious of all mankind. Well, girl, same. <laughs> yeah. Her finds were now sought out not only by scientists but and the geological community, but European nobles and the upper class who collected such curiosities. Men and women of higher class were known to travel to Lyme Regis just for the opportunity to go out on a fossicking trip with Mary. After visiting her in 1824, Lady Harriet Sylvester, who was the widow of the former recorder for the city of London, referred to her in such a way. Quote, the extraordinary thing in the young woman is that she has made herself so thoroughly acquainted with the science that the moment she finds any bone, she knows as to which tribe they belong. It is certainly a wonderful instance of divine favor. The poor, ignorant girl should be so blessed. By reading an application, she was able to arrive to the degree of knowledge as to be in the habit of writing and talking with professors and other clever men on this subject. And they acknowledge that she understands more of the science than anyone else in the kingdom. I'm torn on that. End quote. Part of me is like, this girl is saying she knows more than everybody else you go but do you have to talk down about her like that but at the time i guess that's kind of how they spoke it's it is a strange quote uh-huh because it's like she's almost giving her credit yeah. for being smarter than the guys that you know seek her out yeah to search for these things but she's always also i think trying to like keep her cloud up yeah someone's a better betty Ooh. yeah or just a bitch at the age of 27. Your corset, yo. <laughs> <laughs> You're a widow now, honey. You don't have anybody to impress. Well, I guess you do. You probably have to work harder now. Um, at the age of 27, Mary was finally able to purchase, not rent, a better cottage on higher ground. Yay. The family lived in the back portion of the home and they used the front of the store as Annings Fossil Depot, Yay. which had been a dream of her father to finally own a home where they could set up shop. Oh, you go, girl. Because previously, they had just been working off of a table in front of their house. Ah. Um, one of the neighboring businessmen came in and welcomed Mary, saying she was quite the welcoming addition to their town. The way you say that makes me nervous. She was still in Lyme Regis. Oh. She's been Wait. in Lyme Regis for 20-some-odd years. Oh, Her family's shit. been doing this for years. And now that she had moved up, now she she's... was a welcome addition. Okay. <laughs> They can go kick rocks. It was at this time that Mary's friend, Professor Buckland, came to her with a new area of study. He had these items that were called bezoar stones. They were swirly gray stones that were found in fossils all over the world. How's that spelled? B-E-Z-O-A-R-S. That's how the, that's pronounced? Bezoars? Mm-hmm. Bezoar. I thought it was bezoar. Bezoar, bezoar. But you also thought it was statics. That was a misspoken and unfortunate <laughs> moment. <laughs> what about statics for Rebecca? And what about, um, what was it? How did you pronounce hymen? What? There was something weird like that that you mispronounced. And we- hymen? Was it hymen or was it like, when were we talking about that? Uh, it was something to do with like female genitalia. No. Nope. Anyway, so these bees were stones were thought to have healing properties people would polish them and carry them around for protection yeah buckland showed it to mary and she basically said it's poop isn't it (laughs) (laughs) 
She said, I found these in pelvic bones of almost every specimen I have found. It's poop, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Buckland dubbed these items as copper lights, which is Greek for dung stone. (laughs) And although it didn't turn out to be quite the scientific breakthrough he hoped, they did realize they could reconstitute these stones, quote unquote, and learn more about the animals, what they ate, how they digested things. Yeah. Etc. And he gave Mary all the credit. But they realized they weren't going to be able to profit from the copper lights. <laughs> Luckily, at this time, people began covering their homes with stucco. And no, this isn't going where you think it is. They didn't <laughs> cover their homes in poop because that was my first thought. <laughs> but quarrymen began hauling off large pieces of the cliffs that they would break down to make the stucco. This opened up new pathways for Mary to hunt. Nice. At 28, Mary found the complete skeleton of a flying reptile. As Buckland described it, a monster resembling nothing that has ever been seen of or heard of upon Earth, excepting the dragons of romance and heraldry. Did she find a pterodactyl? A pterodactyl. (laughs) (laughs) These skeletons had been found in Germany, but this was the first to be found in England. Buckland bought the skeleton and named it Pterodactylus Macronix, or Winged Fingers. (laughs) (laughs) I love Latin. Um, A year later, Buckland presented this finding at the Geological Society. With all credit to Mary. He mentioned that Mary was the one to find it, (gasps) but he was given all of the credit for it. Okay, you oh, go Buckland. Okay, okay. Everybody else can go kick rocks. Yeah. So basically, everyone else just kind of like, la, 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 la. Anning, what? La, 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 la. Good job, Buckland. Uh, Flying fingers. <laughs> hate them. At this time, fossils and different skeletons were being found all over the world. Natural history, mu- history. <laughs> museums were popping up all over the world, displaying these remarkable discoveries. But although her work was fought over to be featured in these displays, Mary's work was so popular, she was even being referred to as the princess of paleontology. Oh, I like that. But our badass princess had never been inside of a museum. What? She had never traveled outside of Lyme Regis. And there and was she just no recently museum. became an occupant of that area. No, <laughs> no. She, the, did you not hear the sarcasm dripping through her? Oh, got it, got it, <laughs> got it. I thought you misunderstood. I misunderstood. My bad. <laughs> so Mary finally took up a standing invitation from one of her colleagues and traveled to London for her first time ever out of Lyme Regis. She described it as loud, smoky, and full of energy. Poverty and plenty living side by side. She was amused by the fancy stores and the cost associated with the luxurious items, but knew that was not the place for her. Shortly after she returned, she had yet another discovery. The species looked like a cross between a shark and a ray. It was called a squaloraja. Ooh, I like that What does that, that mean? Shark ray? <laughs> shark. <laughs> Sharky shark? I actually could not find anything about it. It's a sh- flat shark. <laughs> it, it's called a shark doo-doo. That was one of the... <laughs> That's a bezor. It's a it's a <laughs> I'm gonna go with flappy shark. Okay. Yep. I shark like flaps. <laughs> shark flaps. Oh, that does that sound good? <laughs> yep. Baby shark do 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 do. The squalaraja helped fill in gaps of the fossil record and what was known as a transitional fossil. 
since it was a cross between two known species. Ah. So it looked to be the cross of two species that everyone already knew of, but was obviously from way back when. So Mary's world was once again getting financially desperate and she began searching for other options to supplement her income when her good old friend Henry de la Beach came back in her life. He came bearing a gift. Money? A watercolor painting he had made called Duria Antiquar. She sell that bitch? It was a painting of every one of her finds. <gasps> oh. Damn it, I don't want to like him. Including <laughs> copper lights. <laughs> <laughs> the shark doo-doo. And we will have a picture of this on the drive because it's actually kind of cool. It's like one where you have the waters in front of you. So like half the picture is taking place underwater and half of it's taking place above cool. water. Oh, so like a textbook. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. I haven't used one of those in a really long time. Um, it was the first documented example of paleo art which is where someone takes fossils and puts a body on them to depict what it could have looked like yep his plans were to sell prints of the art and give all the profits to the anning family oh okay so that got them back on their feet and she was able to continue hunting fossils yay at 31 mary befriended anna penny a daughter of a sugar baron who had moved to the area to get his son elected for parliament. I really thought you were going to say the daughter of a sugar daddy, and I got really excited. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary was set for life. The end. <laughs> um, the friendship blossomed, and it's through Anna's journal that you get a good view of who Mary really was. One of the entries states, Mary glorifies in being afraid of no one. Also in saying everything she pleases. She was very good humored with me, but gossips and abused almost everyone in line, laughing extremely at the young dandies, saying they were numbskulls, not men. (laughs) (laughs) Mary also began to vent some of her frustrations to Anna, including a pretty well-known quote about Mary, stating, Men of learning have sucked her brains and have made a great deal by publishing works of which she furnished the contents and derived none of the advantages. So, it was pretty obvious that this stuff was bothering Mary, but back in that day, what was she going to do about it? Tough shit, girl. Yeah. Bezoars. Luckily, (laughs) tough Bezoars, Mary. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she did have her close friendship with Anna, and she was able to vent some of her frustrations if she wasn't able to do anything about them. Meanwhile, at the Geological Society, there was a huge uproar about even letting women attend presentations. Even... Good old Professor Buckland was quoted as saying, everyone agrees that if the meeting was to be of any scientific utility, ladies ought not attend. It would turn the thing into a dilettante meeting instead of a serious philosophical meeting of working men. My blood is Sounds like like a personal problem, dude. Get over it. boiling. I want to like punch everybody. Right? Punch all the men. I don't punch them in the nose in the nose nose. so again mary had come to a point where she had lost all of her life savings and what is only referred to as a bank failure the princess of paleontology was once struggling again to keep her room over her and her family's head but the men in her life rallied together and got her on a monthly pension which sustained her for the rest of her life that's nice a swiss theoretical paleontologist came out to fossilize with mary basically theoretical paleontologist is just saying like this guy never went and dug his own stuff (laughs) 
Um, I was, I was wondering, <laughs> how do you become a theoretical? I don't know the full details, but he had never gone out and hunted before. And he really took to Mary and appreciated how she looked at him as like equal. And basically like, if I can get out here and do this shit in six skirts and a corset, hike up your big boy <laughs> bridges and let's go. Yay. So he was so impressed by her work ethic and knowledge that he named two species of fish after her. Oh, there's Acronis aninga and Bellinus dominus aninga. I will not punch him in the nose. <laughs> you have been spared. He's <laughs> her and her brother are like the only men in this story that I'm not like. Her and her brother? Yes. I like her a lot. <laughs> <laughs> him and her brother are the only men that I haven't growled at at some point. In 1841, when Mary was 42, the term dinosaur. Anyone know what dinosaur means? Something lizard? Terrible lizard (laughs) was popularized by a man named Richard Owen. People were finally starting to come to terms with these discoveries and the concept of evolution and extinction. Oh, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) That, no, too much. Okay. But God forbid a woman talk about this. Look, I'm okay with women talking about this as long as we all know it's a fairy tale. (laughs) Evolution? (laughs) Yes. Well, this was still about 17 years before Darwin's theory of evolution. I was about to say, this this is a bit before Darwin. (laughs) in 1841 unfortunately mary lost her mom at the age of 78 so she really struggled with the loss of her mom who's the only constant in her life for the last 42 years it did inspire her to start a what they refer to as a commonplace book which is basically like the bullet journals of today Uh like you save like newspaper clippings and your friends write notes in it and everything and i actually have a link (gasps) which will be on our blog where you can look through the entire thing (gasps) yay um it's from the lime regis museum.org i think we'll have a link on the blog that's really cool so she was getting back on her feet after losing her mom And King Frederick Augustus Saxony himself came personally to the shop to purchase a six-foot ichthyosaur. And this is just a funny little tangent that made me laugh. His people asked for her information for future correspondence, and she wrote, Mary Anning, I am well known throughout the whole of Europe. Oh, sassy. (laughs) That's all the information you need, King. Get it, girl. (laughs) So not too long after the king, Mary fell ill. And she was ultimately diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, no. And there's not a whole lot that could have been done for her in the 1800s with breast cancer. So basically, they just treated the pain. Yeah. Due to the pain medication that she was constantly on, she, of course, suffered from slurred speech and staggering. And rumors began to spread that she had taken to the bottle after losing her mother. Oh, my God. On a positive note, Henry de la Beach and other members of the Geological Society came together and created a fund to help pay for her medical bills. But after a two-year battle of breast cancer, she did ultimately pass away at the age of 47 on March 9th, 1847. Mary... So just some finishing Wait. notes. Her name is Mary, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I said it and my brain was like, no, Anna. No, that's not her name. It's- Mary Annie. Okay. Anyway, poor Mary. <laughs> um, the skull of the first ichthyosaur, which would technically be Joseph's find, but it's fine. Um, and her full plesiosaur are still on display at the London Natural History Museum. Cool. People have started to flock to her tomb, which she shares with her brother, Joseph, who 
did pass two years after she did. And they always leave seashells and fossils for her. So sweet. Henry de la Beach was knighted and became president of the Geological Society. Two years after he became president of the society, they paid for a stained glass window to be displayed in Mary's church. Okay. Just a little information. So Mary passed away in 1847. Okay. In 1901, women were allowed to attend mm-hmm. a meeting at the Geological Society. <sighs> in 1904, the first woman was able to present her paper to the society, but she was not a member. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no. It was not until 1919 that Jesus. women were finally admitted as a member to the London Geological Society. Holy crap. That's not all that so, long ago. No. I mean, it's a long time ago. And, you know, as far but as how long the really? earth's been around, it's been around like, what, 700 years at this point? <laughs> right. right? <laughs> um, so she did a lot to pave the way. And she is a lesser known historical character. But it was two of my favorite things. Girl power and dinosaurs. I'm so excited. <laughs> that is magnificent. Man, I want to like. Give her a hug, but right? she seems like the sassy lady that's going to be like, I ain't got oh, time no. for your hug. No. No. No, no. Come climb these rocks with me and help me find a dinosaur. I would gladly climb rocks with her. Right? I would get all kinds of dirty digging up stuff. I have a feeling that like, you know, you always get that question. If you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be? I think she's eked up on my list. Mm, all mm. right. I would want to have, instead of lunch though, I want to go on a Fawcett King trip with her. I feel like based on Anna's description of her. She would not want, uh, she would do the fossiling thing, but I don't think she'd sit and have lunch no, with you. No, that's what I'm saying. I no. would, instead of lunch, I would be like, can I just follow you? Yeah. She'd be too busy. Let me help you. But and then she'd man. be like, keep up. <laughs> I will try. I'm sorry. But she's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, man. I enjoyed that one a lot. So that was the story of Mary Anning and all, not all of the dinosaurs we know and love today, but. Brava, man. Brava. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank oh, you. Damn. I definitely have some um, rage against the patriarchy right now. (laughs) Yeah. But after your last story of the pink bamboo sticks and this one, I'm like, men really fucking suck. (laughs) And I'm not even going to say not all men because right now y'all piss me off. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be over it later. But right now. (laughs) Angry face. Right now she made an angry face at the microphone. Uh You could feel it. They didn't need to describe that. (laughs) But anyways, after that long, detailed story, remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesestrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesestrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a good job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. And like we mentioned at the beginning, there's going to be lots of cool stuff on there. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye-bye. Bye. Girl power. Go dig in your backyard and see what you can find. Oh, let's go do it. Right meow. Right uh, meow. Watch for water pipes. My, my backyard doesn't have water pipes. Let's go dig. <laughs>